The Chaser Report is recorded on Gadigal land. Striving for mediocrity in a world of excellence, this is The Chaser Report. Hello and welcome to The Chaser Report with Dom and Charles. I am Dom, he is Charles. Hello. And our guest today is comedian Grace Jarvis. Hey, Grace. Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, Your show has an excellent title. This is The Last Goldfish that I'm going to eat for you. It's on at the Sydney Comedy Festival, 29th and 30th of April, 9th to the 13th of May at the New Zealand Comedy Festival and... No boasting, 2nd to the 13th of August at the Edinburgh Fringe. Oh, very nice. How many goldfish were harmed in the making of this show, Grace? No no goldfish. The goldfish is fictional. No one was harmed. (laughs) I'm I'm slightly disappointed by that because I saw the title and I thought, that I have so many questions about this. I'm so glad we get the chance to ask them here. Well, the, the, it's called that because my um, my dad thought that that would be a good name for a comedy festival show when I was about 19 and had only been doing comedy eight months and I wrote it down and then that's the story. <laughs> my dad is very involved in my, in my career. Because <laughs> I thought it was a very savvy title. I thought, oh, what she's doing is she's trying to provoke the vegan. Oh, right. <laughs> Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Because you know how Lewis Spears made all those Dalai Lama jokes at the Melbourne Comedy Festival? He got picketed and then he did a sellout run because, you know, it didn't matter about the quality of his show. He got all the attention. <laughs> it is a good method. I do think I did do that in a way in that um, I feel like once people know your name enough, it doesn't really matter what your show is called. They're just coming to see you. Oh, yeah. But n- no one knows who I am. So mm. at least my show title and poster are, like, interesting. I mean, I was envisaging some kind of puppet master uh, who's made you eat a succession of goldfish <laughs> over the years. Uh, maybe has some sort of vendetta against uh, sort of ornamental fish and then at some point you've just gone, I'm taking agency, I'm taking control of my own life. No more. This one, yes. (laughs) Yes, this this one's fine. You can have this one but there's an upper limit and we've reached it. I thought it was a a heroic story of of sort of stepping forward and and taking agency, Grace. Well, it is. It is that. That in that sense, it is that is the story very much. It's about um, sort of all the stuff I did to try and make friends as a kid before I realized I had autism, and just like how low the bar is for be con- being considered a weird kid and like stuff like that. And then, yeah, being essentially being like, I'm not going to eat the goldfish anymore. I'm not going to do stuff that you think makes me normal because it's not working. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and frankly, you like if, it and if you'd like ever it. been told that the consuming goldfish would lead to <laughs> The warm embrace of everybody in your you know, primary school class or something. No, I don't, you know, that's, that's not going to work out. I do recall, I went to England when I was in primary school though and, oh, my God, making friends is, is impossible. I mean, I've never been good at it, but I had to pretend to like soccer for years. Oh, God, in England, yeah. yeah. That's worse than eating a goldfish. I think my problem is that I never pretended to like anything I didn't like mm. and so 
Maybe that would have helped, actually. <laughs> I never thought of it as an option for some reason, which is probably half the problem. That's a genuine question. Would you rather have friends or integrity? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Autistic people usually say integrity. Well, but isn't it that it just doesn't occur to autistic Because my son's autistic. And you sort of go, well, why don't you just – because we were at a party yesterday and there's a whole lot of people playing, you know, Nintendo Switch, like kids his age – and we went, oh, you know, but like, you know, you like Switch, don't you? Like, you like playing Nintendo. And it was like, but I don't like that game. And it's like, and that was the end of it. It's like, why, why can't you just pretend that you like that game? But it didn't occur to him. Oh, I understand his logic so much. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm wondering if that's correct in the long run. Right. Because otherwise yeah, you, know, you, twist yourself in, you twist yourself into knots and you yeah. end up spending hours playing a crap game that you hate. Mm. Like, yeah. who's the winner in that scenario? But you end up with friends. But they're Gone. not real friends if they make you play the bad yep. game, Charles. I don't He's know. right. <laughs> I think this makes a lot of sense. I, so, I think I, I'm convinced by the logic of this, actually. So uh, can I – let's cut to the the end. Like, uh, not spoiler alert, but do you have friends now? Like, did you get to work out how to do that? <laughs> yes. Well, I, I, uh, I, I didn't make friends my whole first year of uni um, and I didn't drink which I think was half the problem again mm. um, because all 18-year-olds want to do is get completely wasted. And I was like, I have a chronic pain disorder. I'm going to dislocate an ankle. I can't get more relaxed than this. <laughs> um, uh, and then I eventually was like, oh, I'm 18. I can go into bars to do comedy. <laughs> um, oh. And so, yeah, I made friends. You know, they were sort of my first, my only friends I've ever made as an, as an adult have been comedians. Brilliant. Oh, so, my God. But they're the, they're the biggest weirdos of all. Could yeah, they? they're mostly all also autistic, to be honest. Mm. it's hard, I think that's part of it. See, again, I admire your, your life choices here, Grace, because I didn't drink much either when I was 18, but that was for a much worse reason, which was that I was fairly religious and I had a Christian girlfriend who disapproved of drinking. So I, I spent my whole first year of, of uni able to drink, Willing to drink, yet not drinking. And in hindsight, <laughs> it was terrible. Yeah. It was a, it was an awful way to spend the year of being eighteen um, for a totally stupid reason, and also my yeah. year of being nineteen. But that's a, that's another story. <laughs> so again, had I gone and done comedy and made friends with comedians rather than Christians, yes, but I you, would have been miles better off. You, you, you might be dead, but you might be <laughs> an alcoholic by now. <laughs> to be fair, it's pros and cons. And also, that would have required you to be funny, Don. Oh yeah, that's, yeah, that, that, that's a problem. You said before nobody knows who Grace Jarvis is. Who is Grace Jarvis? Um, That's a very confronting question, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> a very confronting question. Like, have um, you managed to answer that? Comedian. What? Pardon? Have you managed to answer that? I don't suppose. I don't know that it's. I don't know that that's supposed to be the answer to the question oh. in my second ever show. Like, <laughs> right, okay, yeah. I'm not sure I figured that out until like my last one. You oh, know, <laughs> I've got a theory about people doing. I didn't realize it was your second ever show. I've got a theory. It's my is third it like ever Albert? show, second solo show. Is it like difficult so, second show? Yes, absolutely. So, and I saw this even this year. It, it, it happens every year. People have a su- sort of successful first show, and they go, "Oh yeah, I'm really good," and then. They do the difficult second show and they get earnest or ambitious, right? Like they go, oh, I'm going to do – and I've got a friend – I don't think I will name her name because it's too <laughs> bad, right? Oh, no, maybe I should. Sarah Kendall, right? So she's very oh, I, successful. Oh, I adore step. Sarah yes. Kendall. She's part of the reason I started comedy. Oh, right. Well, <laughs> well there you go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's very good at it now. Yeah. <laughs> no. 
And I used to watch her on the gala when I was a kid. I loved yeah, her. Yeah, she's brilliant, right? And her first show, brilliant. Sold out every night at the Melbourne Town Hall, blah, 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 blah. Second show, she decides to do about war. Oh, the, I remember the war right, show. I remember the war show. Yeah. And it's like the most ambitious idea. Like, I am going to do a show which isn't necessarily even funny, but it does end <laughs> with the moral that war is bad, right? <laughs> and... <laughs> And and she did. And she's it, not wrong. And yeah, she's not wrong. But it sort of it wasn't funny because like she, yeah, I mean, it's sort of well. It, unfortunately, most of my shows are a little bit about war because I'm raised by veterans. So oh wow, oh dear, <laughs> right. Unfortunately, whatever I try and write, I always end up with a little fucking joke about yeah. veterans. Or, mm. or I, I um, think the difference might be that that that's actually a connection with lived experience of of war <laughs> rather than a, a comedian <laughs> coming in and going, "Hey guys, I've got." This amazing insight about war. Um, it's not. It's bad, right. it's bad it's news, great. guys. Um, <laughs> I, but it is. Hard I, c- I condone this. <laughs> also, bad news. But also, don't they make you come up with all the, the men title in my life show? have PTSD? <laughs> oh my god! What do you say? Don't they make you come up with the title though months before? Mm. Oh um, yeah. So that's you've then got a, well. and so that's why I think the Will Anderson approach is 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 sensible because yes. just endless puns on your name that have nothing to do with the content uh, the content of the show. Whereas if you said Michael Hing does that as well, yeah, he, that's also long his live method. the Hing. You don't yeah. have to. If you said it's going to be called War, mm. then you can't go. Okay, here's a bunch of observations about cafes. You know, you just kind of box you to a corner. Well, you could do that with Grace Jarvis. Grace is a perfect word. Too. Amazing Grace. Yeah. Not an original. Yeah, I have sort of done, not done it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> No. Just in that I'm already sort of treading on Will Anderson's turf, what with my having chronic pain in my hips. Oh, <laughs> yes. yeah, that's. I don't want him to think I'm coming for his territory. That's, that know? must be inconvenient to have to have a, a very unpleasant um, medical condition. That is the same as a comedian who's already done shows about yes. it. I know he's already covered. I used to watch him on the gala too, and he would do jokes. Ah, I can't remember the joke. The year I can't remember what year it was, but he had this joke about how he has a doctor. And he was like, what is your, do-? the doctor was like, what do you take for daily pain? And he said, oh, I take Panadol Osteo. And he went, oh, Panadol Osteo, you can take that every day because it does fuck all. <laughs> you should take that Panadol Rapid. It does fuck all quickly. And I was like a 15-year-old with chronic pain being like, this guy gets it. <laughs> he does do fuck all. <laughs> hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The Chaser Report. Now with extra whispers. Do you feel like you've been boxed out of most of your identities? Because, like, Hannah Gadsby probably has the upper hand on autism now. Damn it. Will's got the chronic pain. Do you need to acquire some other sort of terrible... Oh, not terrible. I mean, wonderful like difference that you can sort of trade Maybe on. Maybe you could talk about awkward interviews. That would, that would <laughs> no, that's mine. That's mine. I've already got locked that up. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I'm, I guess I'm more of a combo. I've got the children of veterans thing, yes. chronic pain, autism, um, 
PTSD. <laughs> like, I got a lot of elements I can pull from. <laughs> and so, your your parents they they went to war. Did they, like like did um, my dad? Yeah, he was in Iraq and East Timor and Papua New Guinea. Yeah. Wow. And um, does he does he not talk about it or does he talk about it? Like? He talks about it. It's weird. I don't know if this is like a universal dad experience, but he he'll reveal his law in very short bursts. Yeah. Mm. So every time something new comes up, my sister and I are like, write it, write it down, write it down. My grandfather was like, <laughs> we haven't that. heard this one before. You'd get write the it very down. Very occasional little tiny burst of insight into some horrific thing that he did because mm. he got given the distinguished service cross. My grandfather, and we don't really know why. And it was either he oh, always sort of was playing it down as like it was some administrative error, um, <laughs> but presumably that's not a thing. Like presumably he did some mm. amazing slash terrible thing that we'll never know about. Um, yes. and I don't want to know it. But it must be. And he, yeah, his whole thing is just to, to repress all the detail. He just never really talked about mm. about it much at all. It would be nice the to f- get fragments occasionally. I think it would have been nice. The fragments are very interesting. He. Um, I love this story, and I've tried to tell it in stand-up before. People don't really like it. But he um, uh, he hurt his back just before he went um, to his posting, um, and it was like in resistance to interrogation training because the Australian military is very poorly organized. It's probably bad to say this after Anzac Day, but um, they, they forgot to send him to resistance to interrogation training. Oh. Until like the week before he was going, so they did it at the last second. That doesn't and sound got ideal. Way, no, everybody got way more traumatized in like a wool shed in regional Queensland than they did in the actual war zone. Um, and they hurt his back, and he went anyway, and he couldn't run, and so he was like, "This is my plan. If we get shot down, because he's a helicopter pilot, uh, if we get shot down, you guys run, and I'll stay." And pretend to be local. <laughs> oh my gosh. Is a phrase that I have always adored uh. because my dad is a white man who speaks English. <laughs> what would that be? What would pretending to be local look like? Just sitting in the sand like a Monty Python sketch? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, that would last that wouldn't last all that long. No! I, I, can, I can imagine though. I mean I'm not a, an expert in anything to do with the military, but I would think that at the point where you're training leaves your recruits unable to run mm. in a war zone, mm. you've kind of fucked it up at that point, haven't I you? I reckon reconsider. Yeah. yeah. I, I think Everybody was very upset. God. I was very little. I feel I do feel a bit weird about telling these stories, but, um, you know. But it's worth little. noting. <laughs> I was not participating in the conversation. But it you is also- comedically bad. It's clearly, like, darkly bad how... That, that they fucked up the training to that degree. That oh, sorry, you were so supposed badly. to have resistance to interrogation training. Um, you're going next week. Let's just squeeze a bit in. We'll do it. We'll do it in a wool shed. Let's tie you up in a wool shed. And your back might not make it, but <laughs> at least you will have had the resistance to interrogation training, while at the same time giving you an injury, making you unable to escape, and thereby inevitably getting interrogated. Requiring you to use resistance yeah. to interrogation training. Like, like I a, think it was literally they were like, "Well, we can't go without ticking this box," yeah. and it's like. Can you have a little bit of nuance around this situation, yeah, maybe? Like, well, you've, you've trained um, for it now, so we may as well make sure you need it. Yeah, yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah, true. Oh, was... I wrote an essay in uni about how um, my dad got injured and then he went and then he went, he got deployed and then he came back and my childhood guinea pig had both of his back legs paralysed um, so he also couldn't run. Mm. And I think the purpose of a guinea pig is, to, is to teach a child about death. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. So I think in this situation, most guinea pigs would be put down. Mm. But my dad was so like, 
so like injured and just back from a war zone and like yes. I don't know, didn't want us to feel like they could put he we could put him down yes. kind of thing. So we gave him little we gave our guinea pig little physical therapy, like occupational therapy oh. and got his legs working again. That's so sweet. And yeah, I mean, at the point where he identifies with the guinea pig, that's that's probably another whole separate problem. But it's another problem with the Australian Army, I would say. Yes, I would say so. Now speaking it's of very metaphorical though. Speaking <laughs> of deeply traumatic experiences. It was a great essay. It got great, great yeah, essay. Yeah. Well, they can't lock like you down, can they? They can't yeah. be like, oh yeah, look, that's a bear pass. Mm. Um, Very, it's a great. It really cross translates those two events. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, look. Speaking of, of trauma, um, you've been listening to, to Ed Sheeran, and I'm fascinated to hear um, what your thoughts are on this. I'm because- not sure that I've been listening to Ed Sheeran so much as the entire world is constantly hit over the head with Ed mm, Sheeran. Yes. <laughs> so it's hard to avoid. But I gather you've been looking into this whole question of whether or not he ripped off Marvin Gaye, um, which yes. is in the courts at the moment, and. I would, I would think if you're on that jury, you would have to listen to Thinking Out Loud by Ed Sheeran hundreds of times. You know, and in without the, jury, the lyrics jury box. as well. Like, like the lyrics are legally irrelevant. So they just have to hear the acoustic, like just the melody of Thinking Out Loud so many times in conjunction with Marvin Gaye's Let's Get It On. Uh, you, it feels like another form of resistance to interrogation training. Like that's, that's a torturous event. Although I must say that it, it, it is the coolest thing I've ever heard about it, Ed Sheeran that he might have stolen something from Marvin Gaye. Like that's mm, yeah. if I was him, I'd be going, "Yep, I did." And so the rest of my work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a percentage on everything, Marvin. Well, apparently he's done versions of Thinking Out Loud on stage that turn into Marv, like to let's get it on. Like he does oh, the medley himself. That's sus. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Right? Yes. But also, it's not, like, I've heard both of those songs. The vibes are different. <laughs> yeah, because Ed Sheeran cannot, within any, a talented as he is in many ways, there is no soul in the man. Like, you mm. cannot, he, he has 0% Marvin Gaye vibes. It, like, he might be all, he might, He's he's got a soul, but it's it's not horny. It's not no. horny enough. There's no there's no sexiness there's in no any of Ed Sheeran's songs. There's no sexual chemistry. No. No. If, if anything, he's asexual. If anything, playing an Ed Sheeran song in the bedroom, I, I would think would would quieten things down. Like if you brought a date yeah. home and you wanted mm. to not get it on with them, you'd mm. put on Ed Sheeran, wouldn't you? Ed Sheeran is what you play when you're closing down a cafe and you want people to know that you're not open anymore. <laughs> that's right. And that's a, we are mopping. <laughs> the machine is off. Don't come in. And he, didn't he get sued over Shape of You as well, which is his one horny song? And clearly, like, there's no way that the horniness in that song comes from Ed Sheeran's own hormones. Like, that's just not a thing. Surely. No. That's probably the whoever was writing it with him stealing it from. What was that? What song did they think that was? I don't remember, but he, he's had a bunch of these lawsuits now, and he, he's sort of saying, "Oh, it's really sad." You know, all of us creatives who make hundreds of millions of dollars by stealing <laughs> songs from other people, we're, we're getting sued. It's terrible. Um, yeah, you're really in a league of your own there. So I, I feel I, I just don't know. I've, I've never done jury service, but I imagine that would be one where you would honestly mm. you'd be within your rights to just to just say, "Let's get it over with." Just guilty. Mm. Guilty, don't let me listen to the song anymore. Well, I was listening to it last night because I was like, I'd, I had heard the song before, mm. never on purpose. It just like comes into your life somehow. Mm. It's like when I was about 14, I accidentally saw Jessica Malboy like three times, none of them on purpose. She oh, just goodness. kept showing up places I was. How? Was, um, was she stalking you in, in essence? I mean, what's, no, what's going just, on? Like, I think she did the Toowoomba Carnival of Flowers, so she was there. And then I think she was at a scout jamboree I was at. It was weird. <laughs> she just, she, I just kept showing up places where Jessica Malboy was performing. You hit exactly um, the right level of uncool events <laughs> for Jessica Malboy to be like, of course we'll, 
Carnival of Flowers, Jessica Mowboy, that makes sense. <laughs> she crushed it. She, you know, Scout she does, she, get her out. Eurovision. Say what you will about Jessica Mowboy, she puts, she goes all in Absolutely. every time. She's... Um, but yeah, I was listening to the Ed Sheeran song, and I, I like, I guess I can vaguely hear a similar chord progression to Let's Get It On, but it's so sexless mm. that I wouldn't even have made that comparison. Like, I can't believe. The people in charge of Marvin Gaye's estate made that comparison. Actually, that's true. Because it's, it's very so embarrassing for the Marvin Gaye estate. They probably have plenty of money as it is already mm, um, okay. to, to be going, yeah, we think Ed Sheeran's song is like Marvin's. I would have thought you'd be going, no, there's absolutely no resemblance. <laughs> yeah, and, right. and it would be more like defamation <laughs> yeah, if anyone said true. that there was any resemblance at all. The chord progressions sound somewhat similar to me, but eh, there's not that many chord progressions out there. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's not. <laughs> Most songs sound a little bit like each other. Unless you add like a brass section, which Marvin Gaye did. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> well, you can imagine Ed Sheeran trying to get a brass section together. No brass the, nah, section would, get, no, would be able to get organized behind that man. <laughs> they would, they would simply boycott, wouldn't they? Yeah, they would. No one's playing saxophone on an Ed Sheeran song, surely. Well, Grace, it's been it's been delightful he- meeting you and um, mm. hearing about all the massively traumatic things that we just sort of scattered over. And I'm sure you unfold in, in, in great and hilarious detail yeah. on, on stage. And, and Grace's Thank next you. show, Graceosophy, uh, <laughs> will be touring next year. What's the, what's the name of the, this show? The, I'm not going to It's called This is the Last is Goldfish the last. That I'm Going to Eat for You. Yes. And the next show is going to be um, called, well, whoops, here's another goldfish. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, next, become... next year I'm writing a show about nothing. No themes, no tales, oh. just shit I saw on the street. That's, that's good. That's how you get Shit I saw successful. on the street. Yeah, that's Jarvis. good. Yeah, that's good. That's, it sounds very <laughs> Just honest. observations of odd people yeah. on the street and pigeons. Catch Grace at uh, the Sydney Comedy Festival, 29th and 30th of April, the 9th to the 13th of May at the New Zealand Comedy Fest, or 2nd to the 13th of August at the Edinburgh Fringe, if you're, I don't know, Sarah Kendall or something yeah. listening to this. Our uh, gear is from Road, and we're part of the Iconoclast Network. Thank you, Grace. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.